This is Brian Blade, and today I'm on Drinking in Moe's. All right, everybody, welcome Drinking at Moe's, the host Big Mo here. YouTube, make sure like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Plenty of good things coming up, plenty of content. We're on pretty much most of the uh, podcast platforms. Today, I got with me. Pretty excited. Member of the this year's class of the Nebraska Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. Brian Blade, how you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Oh yeah, no, like I like I mentioned, you know, I want to, you know, be there the induction night, but those might tend to be a little short so i wanted to get you know a full episode with everybody so glad we could uh, get this scheduled in sounds good so first thing i like to ask each of my guests is what got you started as a fan and then what got you decided to go ahead and make the jump into the business well i've i've, I've been watching wrestling since long as I can remember. My grandpa started taking me to the wrestling match when I was three years old when the AWA was in Omaha. So mm. um, my dad knew some of those guys too. He used to play cards like Mad Dog Vachon, uh, the oh. six guys like that. So okay. um, I just always liked wrestling, always loved wrestling. And um, even in college, I planned to go to wrestling school, um, just trying to find the right ones. A uh, friend of mine decided to go before I was ready. I wanted to, you know, my mom would have killed me had I not graduated. So <laughs> yeah. I decided to graduate. Well, I started a business while I was in college and I figured, well, it's not going to happen. I already started a business. I'm, you know, doing this. And then um, found out there was a, there was a school in Omaha, the Omaha Wrestling Association run by Morty mm. Swinger. And um, a guy I knew from the gym, I worked out at, I don't remember what it was called back in that day one time it was omaha athletic club and then it switched to something else something else yeah. it might have been 24-hour fitness i know it wasn't 24-hour fitness at that point but whatever the offshoot was before that um guy that's in the hall of fame now um mike danner he he was a friend mm-hmm. of mine from the gym he kept trying to talk me into it max magnus there's a lot of people know him as oh, okay and or max evil one of the two yeah, And he finally talked me into coming down. And the first day I went down and I seen, it looked like 30, 40 people in one ring. I'm like, this isn't going to work. <laughs> like, how is this ever going to work? <laughs> then he, so a couple months later, he talked me in. He's like, come on down again. A lot of guys left this and that's so like came down and started from there. All right. Um, one thing I'm always curious about when it comes to my guests because everybody has their own stories when it comes to uh, when they were first starting training. What were uh, what was the initial training like? Because some people, I think, underestimate how like taxing it can be on a on a body. Just learning learning the basics, even. Well, I was in, I mean, I was in pretty good shape when I went in. I wasn't, you know, I worked out all the time. I had a, a, yeah. a business. I do construction, so I have a physical job. So it's not like I wasn't in, in cardio shape to do this. Yeah. Um, I guess the biggest wake-up call wasn't even bumping. It was the ropes. When you hit the ropes, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, wow, this is this is for real. This is, you know, this mm-hmm. isn't, you know, these, these things are real. This is cable inside <laughs> here. And it, you know, <laughs> yeah. it, 
And yeah, that's the thing that that was worse than the bumps was, you know, learning to run the ropes at first. And that was probably running the ropes was probably the thing that took me the longest to learn. I kind of picked up everything else pretty fast. I'd been, you know, yeah. you know, not to say, I mean, I, you know, I'd amateur wrestled before and I mean, me and my brother yeah. and friends wrestled all the time. And I mean, I knew like, I don't know. I had a natural instinct of how to do things, I guess. And not everybody yeah. has that. I was lucky I had that. I knew how not to hurt people. I could already throw a punch decently. Not knowing a lot of stuff, I knew more than what I what I knew, and that really helped going, you know, really helped oh, going yeah. in. So, like I said, the, the toughest thing was running the ropes, because you can't you, you can't mimic that in your living room or anything else. Unless you have a ring, you can't mimic that. Yeah. No, I've done... I remember magnum wrestling when they did a little boot camp i'm like it attracted me and then it happened to be in the same building that i was the same hotel the night before i left for boot camp it was in that same where the coco keys used to be okay and i'm like oh i haven't been in there since i'm gonna go and i swear between the bumps and the running the ropes i was i was walking funny for about the rest of that next week (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's different a lot of guys don't understand that and you know that's what gets me like mma guys come in and think that they they think this is easy oh and they can do it you know mma guys don't realize that your body isn't made to jump off you know jump into ropes or land on the ground or, you know, yeah. in MMA, you're getting hit and that's it. And, yeah. You know, when you're down, you're down, but in here, you got to keep getting back up. How many times you hit the ground, how many times you hit the ropes, you got to keep getting back up. Yeah. Um, one thing a lot of people around the area here know you from is with the, you being behind the, the MWA, what was it like getting, that up and going well after the owa uh, fell apart um austin storm started uh, i think it was he called it nrw i think something like that okay. they only ran a show i think they only ran a show or two and i went to him like hey we can why don't we try to expand this out and um just kind of came up the mwa had been around in you know the 40s and 50s um in the midwest in omaha kansas city wichita there was Orville Brown was the original MWA world's champion. And so we decided, well, let's start that back up. And, you know, a name that that old school fans would realize and did, but something new around here. And we decided to go from there and just um, see what it'd be like, see if we could pull it off. And well, I say we pulled it off pretty well and we're still going and still kicking. And I mean, we're all over the place and, um, yeah, it gets tiring and taxing sometimes trying to figure out, okay, how I'm going to promote this, this in this place. And, and then the next night I'm, you know, two States over or something sometimes. So, yeah. Yeah. You guys aren't just in Nebraska. You guys are pretty much all over the Midwest, really. Yeah. We're in, you know, we do events in Iowa and Kansas and Illinois and uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin. We've done them in Indiana, South Dakota, Colorado. So, um, we've done them in Missouri before, so we've, we've kind of, we've gotten around a little bit. Yeah, de- definitely have. And I mean, as of late, you guys have been bringing in some 
pretty solid talent. I mean, I've seen uh, James Storm has come in, and he's he's another guy I wouldn't mind talking to. But you know, it's not just local guys you're bringing in. You you're bringing in some like nationally known talent here. Yeah, we're trying to we're trying to make it you know bring some more guys in here and there. Try to you know which helps you know try to help bring in more fans, bring in oh yeah you know guys you know people this they see on TV, but also people I've known from the past. I mean, I met a lot of these guys you know going through different states years ago when I was you know going to Texas and Oklahoma and all over the country, and yeah. you know now some of these guys are with say AEW or or with TNA before Impact and. Yeah. You know, they know, you know, they know me. They know that, you know, if I ask them to come up, they're going to, you know, they know they're going to be put on a, on a good show. They're going to, and they're going to get paid. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the main things. I know they're not going to get stiffed in their money. So, yeah. Um, so that helps, you know, I've made a lot of contacts over the past 20 years and, you know, that helps out too. And, and then you just got to, you, you know, you got to figure out your, you know, your venue, your audience, you know, you have to decide, you know, will this person draw for me in this place or not? Yeah. Some people just bring in a name because they're bringing in a name without, you know, doing the research to say, you know, will they draw? It's like, you know, would I love to bring in, let's say, the Rock and Roll Express to Lincoln? I would. But yeah. for the price I would have to pay them, they were never big in Lincoln, Nebraska. You know, they had a little sit in the AWA, yeah. but they were never in the WWF and not, you know, your, your smart fans know them, but will yes. the regulars know them? And would they bring anybody mm. extra in, yeah. you know, in, in Lincoln, Nebraska? Now, if I do an Illinois show, maybe they bring more people in to say uh, the Chicago area because, yeah, you know, Crockett Promotions ran there. The Rock and Roll Express <laughs> was yeah. there. Plus, it's also a bigger market. True. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, do people know who people are? That's the... Oh yeah. For what for what it's going to cost you to bring them in. Oh yeah. No, nope. and you you brought up a good point with uh, you know like Rock and Roll Express, you know, out here, you know, you get like the people like the diehard lifelong professional wrestling fans that yeah, they'll know who those guys are, but like just the casual fan that's like, "Hey, oh, there's a promotion running a show in town why don't i take my kids to this you know they they might they might not know so you know the odds of them bringing in the big crowd might not be as much as if you know they're you're running in an area where you know they used to run all the time right and it's not like you know they haven't been on i mean they've been on aew a couple times, but they haven't been on national TV in 30 years. Yeah. And actually speaking of those guys, the, the first episode of this show that I ever did on zoom was with the, the SATs and they actually just recently wrestled those guys. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember where, but I know they were telling me about it. I'm like, Oh damn, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, I mean, this. Well, I know this is their final tour, so the Rock and yeah. Express. So, I mean, yeah, would I love to bring them in? Love to work with them sometime. Yeah, that'd be great. Before COVID, I was, you know, 
I was talking to Robert about bringing them into Illinois and then COVID kind of hit and shut down mm -hmm. what we were doing because yeah. they were one of the first, they were, we, we had a date already set up before to oh, bring really? them into Illinois before COVID hit and then COVID kind of screwed that up. And mm. so, and the, and the business that was bringing them in with me, well, COVID kind of closed them. So oh. <laughs> that really hasn't helped matters either. So, Oh yeah. Now, is there any, well, speaking of bringing in people, or is there anybody like off the top of your head that you haven't brought in yet that you're like, you know what? I, I have a show where I know I can bring They'll bring in a lot of people. Um, you know, honestly, just because of, years ago i would love to bring in brian danielson mm. uh, we had talked years before he ever made it you know wwf big wwe big yeah um i don't know what he would charge the problem i'd have to have a big <laughs> enough you know and whether or not he's even gonna you know i don't know if he's even actually doing indie bookings i know like john moxley's doing some indie bookings and they got to be kind of a big deal you know you, you have to have you also have to have a big enough venue that you think you can these guys would um bring yeah. in like like the venue i have in lincoln is a great venue but without raising ticket prices crazily i couldn't fit enough people in there to bring in somebody like yeah. you know somebody like brian danielson or probably what somebody like uh, john moxley would want at this point um you yeah. know you know we were you know last year with the shows we were doing in elgin illinois we were you know we were looking into some bigger names i mean we brought in eric bischoff so i mean he's yeah. not we were trying to we were trying to talk about even maybe bringing in Chris Jericho, but once we found out the price for that, yeah, there's no way we can sell enough tickets for that. Not we just don't have enough space. Yeah, not that he, you know, not that he probably wouldn't have drawn. It's just a matter of, you know, you have to have enough space in these venues um, to bring them in and to justify. You know, you can only you can only sell a ticket for so much, and yeah, you, you don't want to outprice your your normal audience. Yeah, no, that that is. That is true because, like, a lot of the guys, I can imagine it's not a matter of if they want to or not. It's, you know, when it comes to, like you said, the, the pricing of the tickets, you know, I know a lot of promotions, like one that got me started on independent wrestling down in the uh, San Diego area. I think this was before Rey Mysterio came back. They actually brought him in, and yeah, the, the ticket prices were quite steep, but hey, they pulled in a huge crowd for that show. Mm -hmm. um, what are and it, some... it can be done. Oh, yeah. Um, what are some of your... We talked a little bit about some of the current wrestling product what are some some of your opinions on some of the wrestling out there today because there's so many choices out there yeah you know my you know i want you know i watch you know i watch mainly wwe and AEW. every now and then i'll catch impact i just don't have time to catch anything else yeah um you know, most of the time I'm taping wwe stuff and AEW stuff so i can get through the commercials get through whatever i don't you know don't overly yeah. care about just 
there's not enough, you know, the biggest problem is, is there's just between those, there's, you know, what AEW's got, you know, three hours that aren't, that are just on regular TV. WWE's got, what, seven hours that are just on regular TV. Impact's got another two. I mean, you got, you need a full day, one full day out of the week just to watch them, yeah. let alone try to add anything else into it. Um, you yeah. know. So, I mean, those are the products I try to stay abreast of the most. You know, every now and then I'll look at some Japanese stuff just because I've always been interested in what goes on in Japan. Um, oh, always, yeah. You know, especially more bad. You know, when I used to get the, you know, Pro Wrestling Illustrated magazines, late 80s, early 90s, I always loved seeing what was going on in, in New Japan and, and um, all Japan and, you know, mm-hmm. see what guy, you know, what guy went where this, you know, what guy jumped or whatever, or, yeah. you know, what American guy was on tour over there that week mm-hmm. or that month. You know, I was always interested in that stuff. Um, so every now and then, you, all, you know, I'll still check out some Japanese stuff here and there. Oh, yeah. Um, it's just, there's just so much on to, to watch. Mm-hmm. And, yep. you know, then you got, you know, then the WWE's got a pay-per-view or well, whatever they call it, premium live events. Yeah, whatever they call uh, it. Now. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, that's once a month. And, you know, AEW's got, a, you know, their pay-per-views every three or four months. And so trying to expand to watch a whole lot of other products, plus as much as I'm wrestling, it's, yeah. it, it, it's tough to watch anything else. But, you mm-hmm. know. I can watch it as a fan, though. I'm not watching it, and, you know, obviously there's some stuff that, you know, I don't like, but, I mean, I'm not one of those, like, you know, there's always going to be something, you know, if you don't like it, that doesn't mean the other, you know, somebody else doesn't, you know, he, yeah. that person might like it. If I like something, you might not like something. You might like something that I don't like. It's just, you know, I think people, we just live in a time now that people like to complain about it, and, you know. Oh, yeah. No, uh, I'm with you there. And I think if people would learn to just sit back and just enjoy the show, they'll find they'll have a lot more fun with it. And like, um, let me think. Like with not liking WWE or whatever, you know, somebody else might. If you don't like it, there's literally between, you know, the WWE deal on Peacock, you got AEW on the Turner Networks. You got, you know, Impact's got their, you know, well, what channel are they on now? But they got Impact Plus. You got mm-hmm. all the streaming services, IWTV and everything. You can find something every single day of the week. And if you're not finding something you enjoy with all of those choices, you're probably not really a fan to begin with, to be honest. Yeah. It always gets me the people that watch WWE week in and week out. And you see the same people complaining. I'm like, why do you watch it? You're not in, why do you watch it to pick out what's wrong with it? Like, mm-hmm. No, you know, I, 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 I separate Brian the fan from Brian the wrestler, or, you know, it's like, I just want to sit back and I want to watch wrestling. Now, I mean, every now and then you'll see something that's horrible and you're like, okay, that was, but like, I'm not going to pick it apart. I'm not trying to watch it to pick AEW apart. I'm not watching to watch, mm-hmm. pick WWE apart. I just want to be entertained. Just, Give me a show yep. that I'm entertained with, and I, you know, I don't want to think about, well, that was they messed that up or whatever, or that was a horrible <laughs> angle or whatever. I mean, like oh. I said, every now and then something's so bad that you, you know, you're like, okay, why? But like, yep. I'm not watching it to pick that out, though. Yeah, no, there's definitely some people out there that are just a little too, uh, for the lack of a better term, analytical about it. It's like. They pick every little deal apart, and it's like, 
just sit back, enjoy the show. Right. Um, one promotion in particular that I've become quite a fan of that I actually, I interviewed the promoter and they actually invited me out to their, they're doing their first ever show in St. Louis, uh, Warrior Wrestling. And, you know, we talked some about New Japan. They got, they got a handful of New Japan talent on the card. Like, uh, Will Ospreay is their champ. Uh, they got a match I'm particularly excited about, Jeff Cobb versus Jonah. That, that's one I'm excited about. So I'm just excited to go there and be a part of the whole deal. Yeah, that'll be a, should be a great event. Hopefully they, uh, hopefully they draw fans and can continue because, you know, you said this is their first one they're doing? The, the, first, or... the first one in St. Louis. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, they've, they've done shows a lot through, like, Illinois, Indiana, up into Michigan, and they're okay. slowly starting to get more out this way. Okay. But yeah, no, they, I watched a handful of their shows and I'm like, damn, there's a, there's a little bit of something for everybody in that product there. Well, that's good. It's, it's the way it should be. You got to, you know, when you put on events, you know, in wrestling shows, you got to have a little, like everything can't be the same. You have to have, yeah. you know, you don't want, you know, you don't want like 10 comedy matches, but you want something that, you know, you want something that kind of breaks, you know, breaks the tension oh, yeah. a little bit. It makes people laugh oh, yeah. a little bit. Oh, you know, yeah. that's more of the entertainment side than just, hey, we're, you know, we're beating the crap out of each other all night long. Mm -hmm. you, know, you just, so yeah, it's always good to have a little bit of, you know, diversity <laughs> in your event so that, you know, everyone enjoys it. Yeah. No, there's that is definitely the best way to go about it. I know one promotion in particular that I've been a fan of that is another good example of that. Uh, GCW, they like, I mean, yeah, they're known for the death matches, but they also got guys coming in like Jonathan Gresham, uh, Blake Christian, Christensen. I'm I might be messing up the name, but they got like the technical guys. They got the the luchadors coming in. They got you know the deathmatch stuff. It, a little bit of everything, and those are like Warrior and them. You know, those are the promotions that tend to draw me in quite a bit. Yeah, right now they've got GCW's got a pretty good formula. Of, you know what they're doing right now, and they're kind of the uh, they're kind of the hot promotion at the moment. You know, of the, the hot indie promotion at the moment. Oh, yeah. No, they're doing big, big things. Uh, I know they just announced a handful of shows. I know, uh, oh, what is it? They, they actually got one coming in St. Louis. I'm like, damn it, if I wasn't already going there, <laughs> I, I can't afford to be flying out there that often. Flights are not cheap right now. Yeah, I got I got lucky. I found a pretty cheap deal on my one that I'm going here in a little over a week. Um, what are some more of the upcoming shows that you, know, you guys with the MWA got going? Because I know there's one that you guys have been 
promoting on social media here. And then there's July. You guys got, uh, I believe I was told July 9th is the, the show where you guys will also be doing the, the inductions for the Hall of Fame. Yep, that'll be the Hall of Fame show. So right now, this coming up weekend, uh, well, Friday night, I'll be in I'll be in Harrington, Kansas for TAPW. I kind of work with them. Okay. Um, MWA and TAPW work together quite often. Um, then the MWA is in North Platte on a Saturday night. And then Sunday afternoon, we're in Lexington, Nebraska. Okay. Uh, June 3rd, we're back in Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, June 25th, we're out in Pennsylvania doing a deal out there with another, working together with another promotion in uh, Pennsylvania for mm-hmm. uh, uh, it's for Slam Fest out there okay. in uh, Miffenburg, Pennsylvania. And then, uh, yeah, July 8th, we're going to have an event. Um, we're just working on where that's going to be right now. Then July 9th will be the Hall of Fame. Uh, what we're going to do is uh, the Hall of Fame will probably be, we'll probably have a, like a meet and greet from 4 to 4.30 or 4 to 5. That's what we're working on now. Uh, do the Hall of Fame five to six or four thirty to six, depending on who can all be there. Um, yeah. We're all going to give speeches. Who's all? Um, you know, I'm I'm not going to let the cat completely out of the bag, but I mean, there's going to be people. There's a lot of guys that are sending in um, pre-recorded speeches and such. There's a few guys that'll you know from the past that are also going to be sending some in. They'll have some uh, past Hall of Famers will be there. Um, part of the class of 2022 will be there. So we'll do that, and then the uh, our event will start at seven o'clock that night at the social hall. So that that will um, be so, that will be a fun time. Yeah. So probably next week we'll get the details. We'll probably start getting tickets on sale because it'll be a special ticket that people can buy, so they can go to, go to the Hall of Fame and go to the wrestling show all at the same time. Instead of you know, there'll also be separate tickets. If somebody wants to just go to the Hall of Fame or just go to the wrestling event too. But we'll have yep. tickets if you people want to go to both. Um, so. It should be a big deal. Donnie uh, Dodge has done an incredible job with the Hall of Fame there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wanted, and this year he really wanted to kind of make it um, like a real event to itself and not yeah. just not just what it's been where you just kind of announce guys at intermission, let them talk for two minutes, and yeah, and that's it. So he wants to make it, and which it, which it should be. I mean, even the guys in the past, you know, they deserve to um, – you know, have the, have their moment to talk. Uh, you know, and yeah. have you know more than just more than just an intermission of another event. But I know the logistics are tough. I mean, it's not always easy to pull it off. Um, I'm lucky yeah. enough. I'm in a I'm in a building that can, we can pull that off with. Um, and time wise, you know, we can pull it off time wise. So, um, and it's a good way. You know, like I said, Donnie's done such a great job with it. It's a good way to help honor Donnie too for what he's done to actually oh. give him a real event to you know do stuff. You know to get people inducted into the hall of fame that way. Oh yeah. He's done a lot of great things, helping promote the, the history of wrestling in the area. Because I think a lot of people around the country really don't think of uh, Nebraska being, uh, having a lot of pro wrestling history. Yeah, there's a lot more than people realize. There's a lot more that I even realized until I started going to a lot of these small towns, putting on events. And, you know, there's people, oh, they got posters from, you know, 1960s and, you know, wrestling coming into the old auditoriums. And, yeah, you know, and people telling me stories, oh, wrestling hasn't been here since 1970, whatever. Or, you know, <laughs> I remember, you know, they'll remember, you know, 
a Pesic or a Dusik or Mad Dog Vachon or Baron Von Rasky mm-hmm. or Reggie Parks, things like that. So it's always yeah. it's always cool. We especially if we go to a different a new town we haven't been to before. You know, there's always that guy somewhere in town's got one of those old posters that <laughs> you know you start talking to. He's like, yeah, I remember this and that, and then that's always cool. And then. Yeah. You know, a lot of these towns got these old auditoriums that they used to have, you know, events in that a lot of people don't even realize these days. Oh yeah. No, there's a lot of great stuff out there. If you just go look and, um, one thing I, another thing I like to do, I like to have two different categories. I do a little bit of a speed round and then I do some like random questions, speed round. I'd, name off some people you give me your thoughts on them and i do a random question thing where i random questions you answer how you see fit okay sounds good all right speed round i kind of like to tailor it to the guests somewhat and since you're heavily involved with promoting i figured we'll go with this first off vince mcmahon Genius. Yep. A lot of no matter what anyone of- says, that man has made a, is a billionaire. He, I mean, he started with you know, started with the Northeast Territory and pretty much owns the world right now. Yep. And like, you know, I've been guilty of it. A lot of people give him a lot of crap, but when you really sit down and think about it. For that man to have the wealth that he has and to be as successful as they've been, he's had to have done something right. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, he figured it out. And, you know, I think a lot of people don't give him the credit that he deserves for somebody. They, they don't think he, like, he was a wrestler. He was in the wrestling. Well, he grew up in the wrestling business. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, his dad was, you know, if you think about it, the way his dad is respected you know, he was kind of the premier promoter in the 60s and the 70s. You know, you can argue maybe Vern Gagne was just because he had the biggest territory, but was, was anybody more successful or made more money than than Vince McMahon Sr.? You know, mm-hmm. I don't think so. So, I mean, he was always around that. And, mm-hmm. you know, he bought it and, you know, and and look at it now. You can, you know, you can say he's out of touch or whatever, but you know what? They're, they're bringing in record revenue no matter what. So, yeah, doing something right. That is true. Another guy, this next guy, we mentioned him a little bit, Eric Bischoff. Uh, great guy. Actually, great guy to be around. Nice guy. Um, I think he's a genius, too. I, I think mm-hmm. he got a raw deal in WCW. Um, I don't think he... I think after the merger and what people don't realize is he couldn't do what he needed to do to continue the business the way it needed to be continued. Um, you know, you, you basically cut his legs out from underneath him. And a lot of people don't realize that. I think he was the one that, you know, that caused WCW to fail. And I mean, I've talked to tons of guys about it and I've talked to him about it. I mean, obviously his story is going to be one thing, but I mean, I've talked to a lot of guys, read books on it. I mean, his legs were cut out from underneath of him and no matter what he did at that point, Time Warner didn't want wrestling, and it wouldn't yeah. have mattered who was running it. Vince McMahon could have been in charge at that point, and he'd have been screwed. Yeah. So, 
And the fact that he couldn't, the fact that he couldn't take WCW to another channel, which mm. was one of his plans. Yeah. And they wouldn't allow it because it was their property. They were just yeah. going to pretty much kill it or sell it off. And what they did, you know, sold it off. Um, you know, Eric never, Eric didn't have a chance once that happened. It really didn't matter. He didn't have, he didn't have a real chance. So. Oh yeah. But for what he did to turn, you know, to turn WCW into what it became with Nitro and yeah. you know, Thunder was a big mistake, but I watched it anyway, you know? Yeah. You know, you listen to him, Thunder was just, they just weren't ready to have two shows. And, but he, I mean, for what he did was amazing. I mean, he pushed Vince McMahon, the WWF to the brink. Mm-hmm. And who would ever thought anybody could have done that? Oh yeah. I, I completely agree. And I mean, he's, you listen to his podcast, uh, 83 weeks, he's gone into a lot of detail on all that and how, you know, Turner kind of pushed the whole thunder thing and like, Oh, we got to get this. And, you know, there was like money that had been earmarked for different things. And all of a sudden, Nope, they're not getting that anymore. And, you know, like, and there was said. no revenue for him. There was no TV revenue. It was, yeah. You know, it's not like SmackDown where SmackDown got TV revenue. Yeah, you have another. You're making another show off the revenue you already had, not getting anything back from it outside of what the gate was at the house, and that's not paying for a show. Not at that point. Yeah, and like like you said, you gotta you gotta give him the credit because WCW before he took the reins was definitely tanky and then yeah, it wasn't it wasn't good i mean when you got houses that are under 500 people for a major company yeah in towns and you're a staple and that's um that's bad yep and then he was able to get turner backing and turn hell he basically can be credited for just starting the whole Monday Night War because he brought in Nitro and it became the success that it was for as long as it was a success. Right, and because of him, and I mean, honestly, because of him and challenging Vince, I mean, wrestling was never more popular. Everyone watched wrestling in the 90s at that point. In the mm-hmm. late 90s, everyone watched wrestling. Wrestling was the cool thing, coolest thing in the world at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody had a Stone Cold shirt or an NWO shirt or a Hollywood Hogan shirt. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, I mean, everyone watched, it seemed like they watched wrestling, especially on Monday nights. I mean, it, it was never more popular and it'll never be that popular again. Yep. And kind of going back to a little bit of the, the current product, like I've heard people say, you know, it might not be as popular as it was back in, you know, the 90s, the Attitude Era, which, you know, probably never will be, but, you know, today it's probably about as healthy as it's been since that. Oh, yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I mean, there's a lot of indie promotions that are doing good. I mean, I, I don't know what people consider good for AEW, you know. Is a million viewers good? I don't know. Not by 1997, 98 standards, no, but... You know, AEW does a million, WWE SmackDown does two million, Raw does what a million six, a million seven, somewhere in there most weeks. Well, you know, it, it's not by that standard, but 
you know, people are watching people. I mean, mm-hmm. if you look at the arenas, AEW is doing fine, you know, in arenas, mm-hmm. WWE. I mean, last night it looked like it was sold out. Yeah. You know, from all the camera angles they had, you know, mm-hmm. independent wrestling is flourishing. MLW, places like that, GCW. Oh, yeah. You know, they're all, I mean, people are doing, you know, wrestling's doing well right now. Like I said, I don't know if it's as, I, I couldn't tell you an indie promotion from the 90s because I didn't know there was indie pro wrestling up until I started wrestling, to be honest with you. So, yeah, you know, I don't know what indie pro wrestling was like, but, you know, it, it, wrestling's pretty strong right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. And uh, damn, I lost my train of thought there. But uh, the way I like to think about it when it comes to, before we get to the next person, when it comes to AEW, People talk about the ratings and this and that. And the way I like to describe it is you look at the crowds at an AW show and everybody from like the first match all the way to the end, they just look like they are just having the time of their life. And like you see, even, even now, when Jericho's music hits, everybody's singing that damn shit. And you're like, I know, at least for me, I'm like, man, I want to be there, be in the middle it's got, of it. It's got that Nitro vibe to it. When Nitro was really going strong, that, you know, it's kind of got that Nitro vibe to it. That I, I That's how I feel anyway. You, you know what? Now that you mentioned that, I can see that. I can see that. All right. Next one. Another wrestler promoter jeff jarrett uh i like jeff i've talked to him on a few occasions good guy nice guy um i think he had great ideas i just don't know if he knew how to completely execute them Mm. Um, i don't know how much his dad got in the way either Um, Mm. you know the, the the whole the tna concept to start with i don't know if pay-per-views would have been viable every week i bought it i'll admit i bought a couple here and if i wasn't gonna buy them every week yeah um but i mean the concept of thinking of ten dollars a week isn't bad when you consider you know if you think about it back especially back when he first started but when his dad was really booking memphis or even the territories before there was a lot of territories that were weekly territories so you'd pay your you know you know tickets for seven eight bucks probably you know five, seven, eight bucks, whatever a week, but you'd show up every week. And I think that's the model they were thinking is like, Hey, 10 bucks, we're giving you two hours, you know, of, of wrestling every week, you know, people will buy it. And I think people, you know, bought it at first, but then over time, especially it being, I think was, was it initially Wednesday night? I think it was initially Wednesday nights. I'm one to say so. And, and sometimes that gets tough during the week. You know, people have work, kids got school, kids, you know, if you have kids, you've got, you know, you got ball games and dance yeah. and things, you know, things like that. You know, your kids got mm-hmm. school functions and sports and, you know, and, 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 you know, okay, is this one really worth 10 bucks tonight? Or, yeah. I mean, I, I can look on the internet tomorrow and know the results. Yeah. You know, it's, I think he had great ideas, though. I, they just, I don't think they could be followed through completely. And then the merger with, with Dixie and Panda Energy, I think that took some steam out of him. Yeah. Um, 
but it, it needed to be done because there was no way they were going to keep going at the pay-per-view yeah. level and they had to get a TV deal and such. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, like I said, I think Jared's got great ideas. Um, yeah. Just not always being able to follow through, you know, being the son of a, of a promoter and of a booker, yeah. you know, he had ideas. He's seen some things that worked, some things that didn't. And, you know, who knows though, you know, you know, and I listen to his podcast a lot of, you know, quite a, quite a bit. And you know, his dad has some crazy ideas too, and had some really good ideas, you know, but I mean, I guess in the world of wrestling, everyone's got crazy ideas and, and they're not so crazy if they hit, if they yeah. miss, it's like, well, why the world did you do that stupid thing? You know? <laughs> so, I mean, he tried and, you know, Jared works hard and, you know, he knows how to promote himself nowadays and he's got the mm-hmm. podcast and he's out making money and, you know, you know, he really does know the wrestling business well. It's just, you know, yeah. what he tried to do just didn't completely work. And I don't think that's completely his fault. No, yeah. No, he, like you said, he had a lot of a lot of great ideas. A lot of them are with, like, impact are still being used. And, you know, there's just some times where the, the execution of it was maybe a little wonky. Mm-hmm. Right. But hey, he he gave it a shot, and hey, all the credit to him. Next guy, Tony Khan. Still trying to figure out what to make of him. I wish well, I wish he'd shut up on Twitter about ratings and things like that. Just shut up. Just promote. You don't see Vince McMahon on Twitter saying that. Like I feel like he's he's the Donald Trump of wrestling as Tony Khan, even though he's probably a Democrat be my best guess, but he's like the Tony Khan. He's like, Tony Khan is like Donald Trump in the president. He's just like, just shut up sometimes. It's just, you don't always have to tell us what you're thinking. We don't always need to know. Yeah. You know, sometimes just shut up. He's got, you know, I think he's got a good thing that can really keep going, mm-hmm. but I feel like he's going to get in his own way. Yeah. Nope. I, I can, I can see where you're going with that. Yeah. He, sometimes needs to learn when to just stay off the Twitter machine. He like, he puts on a great product. Nobody can fault him there, but you know, sometimes you just need to just sit back and, you know, people are going to say shit. You're going to have shit talkers. You're going to have people that are just, there's always going to be that. There's always going to be that. So you, some t- and it can be a little easier said than done sometimes, but you know sometimes you just need to let let the assholes be assholes. Right, you don't always have to. You don't always have to respond to to just stupid stuff, and you don't just always have to say, "Oh, we won the ratings between the eighteen and forty five year olds this week over Monday Night Raw." I'm like, who cares? <laughs> yeah, like maybe your advertisers do, but here's the deal. Vince McMahon has got a $500 million television deal, and you do not. And yep. I don't care what anybody says. That man's hemorrhaging money. <laughs> this, uh, this thing is the same right now as what TNA was. It was it's a tax write-off like it was for Panda Energy. It's a tax write-off for Tony and his dad. I mean, with those contracts and not running house shows, and you only got three pay-per-views or four pay-per-views a year, and you're just running TV – there's no way in the world he's making any money at this point, which is fine. Yeah. You know, sometimes it takes two, three, four, five years to start turning a profit. 
Yeah. But for those people, you know, those people, oh, he's making millions. They're, the numbers don't add up. None of the numbers add up. If you just do a little bit of digging, the numbers do not add up to anything because their TV deal is next to nothing in TV dollars. Yeah. Nope. So, but, you know, he's got a good thing going. He just needs to not get in his own way and maybe just kind of – he can't be the booker for that, for everything they're doing, and then try to be the booker for Ring of Honor yeah. as a separate promotion. You just – he just can't do it. One, I don't care how big a wrestling fan he was growing up. We're all big wrestling fans growing up and think we all can book everything in the world right. Mm-hmm. But you can't. You can't. You can only spread yourself so thin. You can only, you know – and you got to be able to listen to other people. And obviously, you know, like the Cody situation, obviously the stuff wasn't clicking there. Yeah. And there's that whole saying about if you, those that don't learn from history are going to be doomed to repeat it. That meaning if he doesn't learn to start delegating, especially with, you know, things shaping up with the ring of honor we're gonna have another paul Heyman burnout right how ECW that's the other thing i hate about AEW right now the only thing i really hate is like everyone's got a belt they're like they bring in everyone's belts from all over the place like if you don't have a belt there's something wrong with you it seems like, like <laughs> everyone's got a belt from somewhere from some company <laughs> That they're bringing in, it's just like if you don't have a belt, what's wrong with you? Why don't you have a belt? Like everybody else seems to, you know. It's <laughs> like they're just, you know, it's great if you collaborate with other companies, but you don't always have to bring everyone's belt into the thing because it's your yeah. company. Your belts should be the important ones. Yeah, not I, everybody else's. I can agree with you there, and you know, hopefully things shape up and. Ring of Honor gets their own separate thing so they can, you know, not so there's not three extra Ring of Honor championships and four extra ones because it's a women's champion, too. No, yeah, and there's a triple A tag titles, and it's it's like, come on, like, yeah, no, I I can agree, you know, hopefully, and now they're starting the trios championship. It's like, oh, yeah, they're talking about getting that going. Like, how many belts do you need? And just because you have a six-man tag once a week doesn't mean you have to have six-man tag champions. It just... Yeah. No, I can I can agree with you. I'm... Me, personally, when it comes to that, I'm hoping if they are indeed bringing them in, that they wait until after the whole Ring of Honor TV deal gets going. Agre- so agreed. Well, that way, the Ring of Honor stuff can, you know, be there, and you can have the AEW stuff where you're going to bring in the six-man tiles. You can have that there, so that way, stuff is separated. A little. Yeah, that, that's my hope is they keep it separated. You're, you guys are Ring of like, in a way, like Raw and SmackDown. Not so much now, but now yeah. Raw's here, SmackDown's there, Ring of Honor's here. AW's here, and maybe you bring them together once a year, like a Survivor Series. That yeah. you know, you have one pay per view a year. Otherwise, Ring of Honor has their one or two pay per views a year. AW has their three or four pay per views a year, and and that's it. Because at times it just gets to be like that guy's a champion too. It's like everyone's 
<laughs> you know, it, it gets to be where like it almost it almost makes you all the titles because everyone seems to have one unimportant at times. Yeah, I I can agree with you there, and that that's the one thing I know at times how it got with WWE mm-hmm. when they had all the titles and they just started unifying titles because there was just so many of them. Mm-hmm. All right, on to the random question round here. Craziest thing you've ever done in a match? Mm-hmm. Jumped off a balcony a couple times. Okay. Jumped off a couple balconies. One yeah, in Elders, cool. Nebraska, one in Sioux City, Iowa, at the uh, old Sioux City Arena. Okay. That pretty crazy. Favorite food. Favorite food. Probably steak. Probably Can't probably a good from... ribeye. Oh yeah, right up my alley there. I know my wife and I love going to uh, that around the bend. That's like one. Oh, okay. That's that's our spot, and we're glad they got their kitchen remodel done and we're back up and running. I haven't been there in a long time. I need to get back there. Oh, yeah. We we like to go there every so often. I know we got our anniversary coming up, so we'll probably end up heading over there for that. Well, it's a good time for that. Oh, yeah. All right. Most annoying part about running shows? Getting sponsors. Mm, okay because it's just you know you're sometimes you're cold calling people and you know since we do it in so many places you know like like lincoln's not such a big deal most of the time you know trying to get new sponsors sometimes is but when you're going to a town you haven't been to and you're trying to like hey we're coming with pro wrestling and you know people have no idea what you're talking about or why you're doing it or do you think you're scamming them that's because when you're, you know, I'm cold calling like anybody else is cold calling for whatever, you know. So, you know, yeah. I've got to prove to these people, hey, I'm not stealing your money. You don't give me any money until, you know, I show you, I come back, come in with posters, things like that. But yeah, I would say overall, that's the most, the hardest and most annoying part of promoting shows. I can understand that. Favorite thing to do on a day off? Oh, I just watch football. On days I'm not doing anything, just watch football if I can. Okay. I know me, you know, around here, you know, Huskers, my big into football, I've always have been. Um, I know my, at least on my dad's side, we've had season tickets to Husker football since like they started selling season tickets like the when the sellouts cool. started and when my dad's uncle who had uh, ori- the seats were originally his when his health started fading did whatever legal paperwork they have to do passed them along to my dad and now him and one of his brothers split the cost mm-hmm. so like we still, the entire sellout street now have had season tickets in the family. That's cool. Hopefully they can keep the sellout streak up because another season like last year, man, I don't know. I don't think they'll have another season like last year, but 
I don't have a whole lot of faith in that either at this moment after watching last year. Yeah. And the year before. Last My year. My faith is dwindling. Yeah. I. It, it definitely becomes hard to watch at times, but I still, I still just have this gut feeling that it's like, I don't know if the sellout streak is really in jeopardy because of how in demand those tickets are. It's like, if you can't go and you want to sell tickets, you you can just put on a quick post on social media. Like, okay, I, I want them. Right. So I, I just mean, I just mean that, you know, if, if another year where there's three and nine or something, or, eh, you know, it, you know, you're playing, it's another team, let's say, uh, I can't remember who they're playing next year, but like coming up, you know, you got another North Dakota type team coming in next, you know, the next year after that. Eh, you know, is it, it's one yeah. of those, ah, do we schedule our wedding that weekend now? You know, you know, people are thinking, yeah, that's a, that's a weekend we can schedule our wedding. It's just, you know, North Dakota <laughs> or whatever random, you know, FCS team it is. And, oh yeah. Those, those first couple of games that are usually the air quotes, throwaway games. I'm all for three of those. Forget scheduling anybody good. Get three of those and get three wins and move on. That's a, I could care less anymore if they play anybody good in those three games. Just play, get three wins and let's go to the Big Ten and go from there. Oh, like back in the back in the late back in the late eighties or whatever when they're playing, you know, Utah State and Colorado State, and, you know, Northern Illinois, where they have some of those bad schedules. People are complaining about. Like, I'm fine with that now. I'm I'd, I'd be fine with that. Just get three wins and then go to the Big oh, Ten yeah. and maybe have some confidence. Oh yeah. Uh, get get back to the way we all know and love them. All right. So that is about all I have. I want to give you a chance. Uh, where can people find you? You know, social media, that sort of stuff. I'm uh, Brian Blade on Facebook. Um, don't go to the jazz musician. Go to me, Brian Blade. We look a little different. Um, YouTube, I'm under Brian Brian Blade also. Don't go to the jazz musician there. It's a, <laughs> we both pretty much have the same accounts on both of them. <laughs> um, Twitter and Instagram, I'm at Real Brian Blade. Um, even got TikTok now, which is real Brian Blade One. Mm. So I just kind of started that up. I'm gonna just kind of put some match clips on there. Who knows what else I'll do on there? I'm debating what else I want to do with that. I'll put match clips and stuff on there, some match clips and a couple promos up there now. Um, but we'll see where that goes if that goes anywhere or not. But yeah. we'll try the try the extra social media stuff and see what happens. Yeah, I got a TikTok myself that mostly comedy stuff on there a little wrestling sprinkled in but mostly comedy stuff <laughs> yeah it's all you, could, you know you never know you know you never know when that one thing is going to hit it big and all of a sudden people love you to, you know all of a sudden you got a billion followers up to something just, just random or just dumb and yeah. so no you, know, I, you never I had know a, I had a few of those i'm at about pretty close to nine thousand followers on there Oh, that's cool. That's good. But yeah, like I said, that's about all I have for today. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me. I will on uh, when the YouTube one comes up, I will have links in the description box where people can go find the social media accounts and, you know, tickets to some upcoming shows.
All right, sounds good. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Big Mo here, wanting to take a little time out of the show to remind you, if you are in the Omaha area and you are wanting some kick-ass ice cream, you need to go down to Ten Wally's. They have locations in Benson and down in the Old Market. Some of the best homemade ice cream you can ever hope to get. They will be the eventual home of a probably limited time drinking at Moe's flavor so thank you to them for creating that but anyways let's get back to the show want to thank you for listening to today's episode got to as always give my shout outs to the random podcast because they've been so supportive since the start sharing and putting the word out because I'm going off word of mouth right now. And also to my friend Val Pancakes and her show, The Stack. They've been supportive as well. Great people. Go listen to them.